Sanchez. There we go. Operation Confidence proudly presents America's Invisible Heroes Radio Talk Show. Tune in weekly on Sundays from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Consuela Mackey, co-host, U.S. Air Force veteran, Matt Davidson, announcers, Taylor Marcella and Brooke Gadesi, U.S. Army veteran and entertainment host, Charles Whitehead, U.S. Army Special Forces veteran, and I once was whole segment host, Richard Cook. U.S. Army veteran and lifeline for women's veterans segment host, Martha Elena Varela. National Faith Program Director and Veterans in Recovery segment host, Anthony Akinpora. And U.S. Air Force veteran and incarceration to success segment host, Kevin Lewandowski. For more information or to be a guest on our show, email info at operationconfidence.org. Operation Confidence is a grassroots nonprofit. The organization's mission is to provide stable housing for veterans who have experienced homelessness, as well as providing a wide range of supportive services. To help accomplish our goal, a successful landowner has donated land for the project, a world-renowned architect has offered to design the houses, and construction classes from the local community colleges will take part in building the houses. Your support and donations are needed. To get involved, please visit our website at www.operationconfidence.org or email info at operationconfidence.com. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in to Americans Invisible Heroes our show for our veterans and their families. Yes, I'm your host, Consuela Mackey, Executive Director of the grassroots nonprofit organization called Operation Confidence. No, I'm not a veteran, but my heart goes out to our veterans who are, especially those who are disabled and may have experienced homelessness. So let us get on with the show. By the way, the show was, was created to establish a platform for our veterans to be able to share their stories, experiences, resources, challenges, and accomplishments. Now, our co-host for today is U.S. Army Reserve veteran Charles Whitehead, who's also a board member. We have board member Taylor Marcellus. She's all an announcer. U.S. Army Marine Martha Varela. She's on our advisory board. And her segment is called Lifeline to Women Veterans. We have our returning sweetheart, Ann Montague. She has a bi-weekly segment called The Rogies, Rosie's Movement. So let us get on with our show. Say hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Charles, take it away here and, and introduce our guest for today. Our guests today, special guests today are Pauline Brumfield. She was born in... I'm not going to even say that. You know, she's, well, I guess I can. She was born in April 1929. She's an original Rosie and an artist veteran, uh, Phyllis Thomas Miller. Welcome, ladies. Okay, so Anne, you can take it, take it from here. Tell us about Pauline. All right, and I'm going to be doing this with um, um, just putting the, re, um, re, the telephone up to the um Mike, Pauline, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to introduce Pauline myself, and then we'll ask her a few questions. 
Pauline grew up in a rural area of West Virginia. She um, wanted to do something for the war effort. Most of the women who went into the factories and farms and so forth um, who worked for the war effort uh, really were uh, rather quiet about what they had done. So we found her in 2010, I believe. And she's a wonderful representative of the Rosies because she's modest, even though she's very outspoken about her experience. She um, was on her way to sign up for um, being a Rosie and left her home and passed a school teacher on the way. And the school teacher knew she was going in the opposite direction of, this, of the uh, school. And the school teacher didn't say a word because she recognized that Pauline was going to go work for the war effort. Pauline worked in Akron, Ohio, and she's going to tell you about um, um, working uh, to make tires, uh, and also about her um, about her experience um, with coming to visit home on a, a, a very very rare leave of absence or leave from work. Um, and I'll let her tell you about that. Pauline, I'm going to let you go ahead and talk now. Just uh, what would you like to start with? I think you have something that you want to say right now, right? Yeah. Yes, it was Garrettsville, Ohio, and it's not far from Akron, and it was where they made inner tubes, and, and not tires, but inner tubes, a little place called Folsom Rubber Company. And... Um, I told them I was 17 when I filled out my paper. So they found out I was only 16 and they didn't let me work nights, but they kept me on. So we worked there all a couple of months when my brother was in the Navy, he'd enlisted. Uh, my mom had him deferred because he was the oldest son to help on the farm. We didn't own the farm, but we did a lot of farming anyway, long rows of corn. <laughs> And he went and enlisted anyway, so he was in the Navy, and he got a leave, and he'd been getting about seven-day leaves, and this time he got a nine-day leave, but we didn't know that. And the bosses there where we worked didn't really want us to leave to work because there was me, my two sisters, and my brother's girlfriend worked there. So they finally gave us permission to come home. We'd have, I guess, come home anyway because we wanted to see him. And we thought, sure, we'd be back two days, you know, earlier uh, before. But well, we well, we'd only been getting a seven-day leave. He got a nine-day leave this time. So we were supposed mm -hmm. to be back on a Tuesday, but he's got to stay home until Thursday. So we couldn't bear to leave and leave him at home, you know. So we stayed a couple extra days at home. So we went back to Ohio to our jobs and we didn't have a job. We were fired. <laughs> so they wouldn't, we tried to get back on, but they said no. But our friend, uh, my brother's girlfriend, she got back on some way. So we hung around and my older sister had stayed home anyway. And so we worked in restaurants and cleaned house and this, that, and the other. One day my dad 
got off the bus there at Yardsville to get me because they were uneasy about me at home. And I come home, so that was the end of my rosy days. <laughs> but uh, we tried to get back on, but they wouldn't let us because we had been gone two days more than what we were supposed to. And it was very rare to get a leave anyway, wasn't it, Pauline? Pardon me? It was rare to get a leave in the first place. They used yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got home every once in a while. They, he got uh, nine days this time, so we always had a good time when he came home, you know, and we visited people, and pe people visited us, and there were lots of music and singing and uh, eating and... We just couldn't stand to leave him home, you know, and leave when him still home. Pauline, tell so, them about what you did. Um, as I understand it, uh, you basically uh, put your hands in benzene and were making inner tubes and on, yeah, the, I, on the assembly line. Tell them about the assembly line. Oh, my sister, one of them, uh, they called it buffing, you know, when the inner tubes come off the line, you know, still roll rubber, or whatever you want to call it, and they needed that uh, powder. So uh, my, I, there was a conveyor went around, and I glued the ends, the outside on one end and the inside of another end with benzene. So then my, Another, I think it was one of my sisters, put powder, and maybe I put the powder on too, I don't remember. But one of them, oh, I believe before I did that though, I think one of them did the buffing that made it rough, you know, on the outside on one end and rough on the inside on the other end. Mm -hmm. So then I put the glue on it, I believe the way it was. So I'm kind of forgetful. But anyway, and um, powdered it. Then my other sister uh, did the splicing and uh, using the vise or whatever you call it to make it real stick together, firm, you know, put a machine down on it to make it tight and then send it on down the line. <laughs> I can't tell it just like I'd like to, but. Great. Pauline, uh, they had inner tubes then. In other words, there are no inner tubes in tires these days. Um, what did they do to check the quality of your work? Did they train you a lot? And yeah, did they, they did they have an inspector? Well, they, they just told us what to do. And it, it was very simple. Uh, if you didn't mind working, and I didn't mind working. I was used to working on a farm. And my other sisters were too. So we just did the best we could. And... We, um, they, we had a forelady there, Helen Kovach was her name, and by this time, by the time I got there, I think I, she married a Carmen, a Jerry Carmen, but, so Helen Carmen was our forelady, and Malin was a, a boss, and uh, Mr. Lewis and the Snyder were the main bosses in the office, but anyway, it was simple work. Just to, Where did you live, you know, Pauline? Did you live in a boarding house? Well, there for a while we lived at a boarding house because the people we lived with had lived here. They they had moved from West Virginia to Ohio a long time before I got to go. 
and they ran a boarding house. Just friends from down here that needed a place to stay, and we paid ten dollars a week um, board. And my first check was twenty-one dollars and forty-three cents. I never will forget that. Wow! <laughs> listen, so, listen to her memory. Wrote, my goodness! How many years? <laughs> what did you do with your first check, Pauline? Pardon me? What did you do with your first check? What did you buy? I paid my board. I paid my board and had a dollar and 43 cents left. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of blue about that, but I mean, I'm honest, so I did pay my board with that. So the next check I got to spend half of it anyway. <laughs> oh, my and goodness. So I love I the never... phrase, you were kind of blue. You know, we don't say that anymore, Pauline. It means well, you're a little bit depressed, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, my, so. my grandmother used to say, I feel blue today. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm learning, I'm relearning some old fashioned terms. Um, so I, when my dad come and got me though, I, it was good to be back home and be with the family and but I miss my sisters and my brother, my older sister had come back and she was just staying around there with people that was going to kill a hog or have a baby or whatever they needed a hired girl and they, she was a good worker and she never hardly run out of a job because she liked to stay home real well and she kind of hated to leave home once in a while but and you know wages around here where they stayed with a hired girl wasn't very much I know after I was home a year or so I became a hired girl. I stayed at the family that ran the, the local store, little country store, and my wages was $7 a week, and and I got more. I imagine my sister was getting about that much at that time, and uh, they had worked for people for a lot less than that, you know, but as time got you know, better, as time went by, times got better. And Pauline, tell me this: yeah. you, Did your brother come home healthy? He came well, about every six months. I think he got a, a leave from the navy. I, I don't know. It was okay. He got home pretty often, but yet it was, seemed like a long time, you know, to us. But I think it was about every six months. And he was in Honolulu, Hawaii, when the war ended. He said there was car horns and a lot of you know, celebrating there, and he got to go to England and uh, Italy, and he, he enjoyed the Navy, but it was in, and he was at Normandy, you know, that. Oh, wow, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was at Normandy. Oh, my goodness. And it worked on his nerves after he came home, you know, I guess a lot of them had nerve problems, but I was always proud of him because he enlisted and Went through terrible times, I'm sure. He talked to my son a lot about it, but he never did say much about it. Only when he was drinking a little, he would worry about some things. And later, later I did get to sing a song on television. I want to tell that. Okay, tell that. <laughs> well, um, I got married when I was 18, and... So we split up about eight years later, and I married another guy and moved to another county, Torch County, and um, my 
first husband and me, we didn't have children, so my next marriage we had three kids. And so a friend of mine and well, a couple of my friends was had a bluegrass program at the Western local TV station not far from here. And they invited me, or one of them did, invited me to come up and sing with them some Saturday evening. So I had a, had a guitar and I sold it so we could fix our car up so I could go to the uh, Weston and sing. So we we made it okay. And I sang, I saw a man, the song that Johnny Cash sang. I think Mel Tillis wrote it. I, I don't know, it might not have been Mel Tillis, but anyway, Johnny Cash sang it. And I, I wanted to sing a hymn on television. And I got I got saved when I was about 26. And I've never been the same since, and I'm glad. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to sing a hymn on TV. So I sang, I saw a man. I was always so tickled I got to do that. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, when when uh, we videotaped you for our documentary film, you sang, um, you picked a long a wrong time to leave me, Lucille. Yeah, it was a oh, I love that song. <laughs> Kenny Rogers song, I wrote a sequel to that. <laughs> and I sang it for you. <laughs> you want to sing it now? Well, I better not. It's getting oh, okay. it's 21 after, and I'm going to have to go to church. Oh, yeah. All right. I wouldn't well, care, but I don't have my guitar out. I still got, my, got a guitar, though. And, um, but uh, maybe one of these days I will, okay? Okay, that's good. We well, you have to come back and sing for us and play your guitar. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charles is a musician. You'll have to show, you have to show him how much better you are than yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I I started playing when I was about nine or ten years old because we all played music. The Bailey's all, I was a Bailey, my maiden name, Bailey. And my dad played the fiddle real good, and he'd been on television once. That old folks festival at Glenville, the guy that uh, originated that, Pat Gaynor, liked my dad real well and liked his fiddle, and he took him to Huntington one time. And had him, he played on TV to advertise the old book festival. And down the road later, years years later, in 2003, I was bell of Worth County, and I got to go to the old festival up there and march around with the other bells. <laughs> so, I love your accent. <laughs> well, uh, Pauline, well, we you know I love you. So, uh, I'll be talking to you soon, okay? Thank you. You, come, you always welcome, Pauline. You come back and play for us, okay? You and Charles okay. going to come in. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. Love y'all. Uh -oh. All right, take care. Love love thank you. Bye, Bye sweetheart. Wow. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, darling, Ann. Love that was a great See, interview. Um, I have to interject this. When I first came back to West Virginia, I found myself self slipping into slang that I hadn't used for 50 mm -hmm. years, right? And um, so I'd have workers come in and they'd leave and I'd say, you know, love you. And they'd look so shocked that country women here, country people here say, love y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
That's a good message, isn't it? That's great. Well, well, thanks well, for having her, folks. I really appreciate Pauline's it. Pauline precious. We ha please make sure she comes back again I and bring her guitar. I will. Thank <laughs> you. Dr. Cash, it's on you, girlfriend. You introduce your guest. All right. All right. I'm rolling. Okay. This afternoon. Um, Strategies for Hope is proud to present once again the AV veteran diva, world-renowned artist, in the person of Phyllis Miller. Uh, if you don't mind, before she comes on, I'd like to offer a word of prayer. Because yes, please. she was traveling across yes, the country and oh, yeah. representing veterans and doing great things. So shall we bow? Heavenly Father, how we thank you for just the gifts that you've bestowed upon us individually and collectively. We thank you, Lord, that in our vein of service, we continue to serve. Yes, we stood in that classroom and raised our hands and said we swear to defend this country. And then after we finished that term of service, we continue to serve our fellow veterans. So we just ask that you continue to strengthen us and build us up and lift us up as we move forward in this service. And then, Lord, we just ask your blessings upon all of those who support the veterans. We thank you for this platform yes. that allows the work and the service of veterans to be seen nationwide, to be seen globally, so that people know that when we say we serve one another, that we are continuing to serve. So we just ask your peace and comfort upon us as we deal with the situations of life, the things that are going on in our communities. We lift, you, we lift them up to you, but we know that you are in control of everything. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in the mighty matchless name of Jesus the Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen girlfriend. That was amen. good. Thank you, Dr. Cash. All right. You're well, welcome. So our guest, Eva, our guest, Eva Phyllis, she is going to be showcasing art at the Library of Congress in our nation's capital. So that's that exhibit will be happening this week. So I'm going to turn it over to her. Phyllis, would you let us know what will you be doing in oh. Washington, D.C.? Yes. And, and first of all, let me let me give uh, just honorable tribute to Rosie Riveter, the, the 93-year-old plus. Wasn't she amazing? If it, because if it wasn't for women like her and like my mother, who was a colonel in the Army in World War II, she worked alongside the Robin Oppenheimer experience and Rosie the Riveter and like my mom, they laid, they paved the way for us women veterans. And so therefore I'm always inspired by history kept alive because this is very important even as women or even as a great nation that the great nation was built on the foundation of women like Rosie the Riveter, women like my mother, and other women. And the Library of Congress is, this is the first time ever, because it took me about 20 years to convince the military establishment how important art is. It's a therapeutic format with creativity that ignites calm, relaxing tranquility, where we are always, especially in the military, and now in these troubled times, we are faced with various forms of anxiety, stress, right. frustration, and 
if we don't know avenues to take to take care of ourselves, then we're subject to not, as I would say, self-destruction, but a, a, a no, no armament to protect ourselves from onslaught of the symptoms of anxiety, stress, PTSD, and, and related symptoms. And so the Library of Congress have invited me among a few other veterans who are seasoned artists who have exercised our craft through the years in active duty and after duty, how to bring out the creativity in all of us to minimize these ailments. It's not a cure, but it is a pathway to find a cure because you can't, you, you can't find solutions when you're under stressful conditions. But if you're mild, relaxed, cool, calm and collective, as they say in the 60s, it leads the way to solutions. And so at the Library of Congress on June the 28th, the 29th, the 30th and the 1st, I will be exhibiting art and performing a actual art demonstration of creativity. I'm giving suggestions to the audience how they can home in on their internal talents that they have, that they can take home with them. And through the Library of Congress, they're going to archive this event. Yes, and right. This, this would not happen if it wasn't for two, again, women, one by the name of Anne Marie Halterman and Tiffany. And, and Tiffany, I just know her by her first name. So somehow we just go get home in on the first name. And they are the, the brains behind uniting us. And their background is in art curating. Uh, Anne Marie is a uh, uh, Air Force Academy engineer. And wow. between the two of them, they've convinced the institutions like Library Congress to put art in the forefront. And the gravitation from that has resulted in this national event at the Library of Congress within its halls and facilities. And then in addition, the Martin Luther King Museum and Library, which is on the 30th and the 1st, which is where we'll be um, uh, engaged in speaking engagements about the therapeutic arts and during these troubled times, how we as a military uh, community, how we deal with uh, stress and frustration, how we deal with internal issues of racism, bigotry, sexism, and, and especially sexism in, in, the, in the realm of the, the various in society. So we, we, we bring art is, uh, is beyond words. It's visual yeah. beyond words. It's where art, when art is, people find each other. Words generally tend to be buzzwords to keep people away. So all next week, uh, between the, the 27th, the 28th, 29th, and the 30th, from 11 to 4 at the Library of Congress, and at the same time, as you fly into Dulles Airport, I have, paint, I have a painting called The Price of Freedom. It's on display in Section 3 Concourse, uh, no, yeah, Section 3 Concourse C at Dulles International Airport. And wow. so- What an honor. So I'm- so I leave out tonight. So to get there tomorrow morning on the 27th, we do a whole lot of setup and so forth. And I will be wearing my combat boots as an example of I wore these combat boots. Will this be something? The most, 
Yes. Can you can you yeah. show us the boots, Charles? You're ready right now. I was just waiting for that time when she was ready. So yeah, and the 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 boots is the the boots is my way of saying, yep, that's them. My my way of saying, and this is the press release, and so therefore, uh, from the Library of Congress, it gives uh, what I'm about. Uh, for the past twenty something years, I've gave therapeutic art session to the West LA VA, which kept its doors open for me until the pandemic, and we're going right. to be reopening soon. So at the Library of Congress, I'll be wearing my combat boots to show them that okay. that was my symbol of transitioning from active duty military. And then I transitioned into the art world. And that's my kind of a 60s uh, hippie design where I was into, you know, Miles Davis cross, uh, Thelonious Monk cross, Chick Corea cross, Stanley Clark, and all of that infused into it, weather report. And so all of these things are, are part of my design and I walk and I live art and I talk art. And since I'm wearing art, I always ask people, art, why not wear it? So right. I, I think C-SPAN will be showcasing it and, 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 and taking it from there. And I will be exhibiting the painting that's behind me called Water is Life. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Very much. Well, girl, congratulations. What a historic right. opportunity. Congratulations. That's wonderful. That's so amazing. God bless you. We're so proud of you. And yes, oh, art you. is very therapeutic. I'm nowhere close to you, but I find I call myself an artist. And it's quite relaxing. You know, and yes. what an honor that your work will be in the Library of Congress forever. Yes. 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 I remember when you were here before and you told us about the the art in the airport because yes. remember, remember I have a, a invisible painting over at the airport as well, you know. Okay. <laughs> Just can't see it, you know. <laughs> He's so <Okay>. crazy. <laughs> I like that. No, it is art. That that that's art. It's it's called the air the airbrush, you know, it's it's the airbrush. The air right. Yeah, you see the nothing airbrush. there, you know. I got I you. That. And, and you, you have, do you have a flyer to post, Charles? Uh, Did you send him the no, flyer? No, just, just that press release. Okay, all right. Yes, well, I, yes. I can tip with those boots myself, girlfriend. Yes. I, <laughs> I want to have a pair of those. Well, but, <laughs> you? Yes, definitely. Right. Well, I look forward to hearing more. You're going to take a lot of pictures and come yes, back to videos and Yes, I will be posting it on Facebook. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, God bless yes. you. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank Cash. You. Thank you for inviting this mm -hmm. great lady on our show. And we hope to have you back again yep. and even put on some some uh, Zoom art. Uh, I will. We'll talk about that. Other have that. Okay. So, thank you. I thank will do. You. I know you're busy, so I know you have to go get ready for tomorrow. But we're really no, I want to. I want to. I'm. I'm 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 here. Oh, wonderful! Okay, I know you. I said you had to get ready for tomorrow, but please stay. Yeah. We love to have you. Yes. Okay, so we're moving right along here. We got a easy show today. Um, Martha, let me see. We have Doctor. We have Miss Phillips. Doctor Phillips Taylor, it's on you, girlfriend. So today I will be talking about celebrities and business leaders with a disability who are using their voices. 
Some celebrities and business leaders are using their voices to share their stories, educating people about both visible and invisible disabilities. They are defying the statistics and have remained highly successful with their disabilities. These role models make a big difference in setting high expectations for youth with disabilities. People with disabilities of all backgrounds can be amongst the highest achievers on earth. Harriet Tubman had epilepsy. Actress Halle Berry lives with diabetes. Business leader and Shark Tank superstar Damon John is dyslexic and Stevie Wonder is blind. Each of them is a positive role model for success. They are perfect candidates for respectabilities, hashtag respect the ability campaign, which is shining a light on individuals with disabilities who are succeeding in their chosen careers. We have Muhammad Ali, who was dyslexic, who is a dyslexic role model, fought in the ring and for racial and social justice. Maya Angelou, legendary poet and civil rights activist who had, dis who had a disability and inspired generations. Um, Olympic and disability champion Simone, Bow or Simone Bowles makes history while mesmerizing many. Lois Curtis, one woman with disabilities, fights for freedom for all. Missy Misdemeanor Elliott, work it, serves as role models for young women with disabilities. Deaf and blind lawyer Haben Gurma advocates for disability rights. We have Whoopi Goldberg, talented actress, comedian, and talk show host who lives with dyslexia. We have the first deaf African-American lawyer, Claudia Gordon, um, and she practices in anti-discrimination. We have actress um, with cerebral palsy, Diana Elizabeth Jordan, who's um, a veteran of 17 shows, shorts, and movies. We have Solange Knowles the role model for African-American performers with disabilities. Clarence Page credits with ADHD and making him a better journalist. Charles, take it away with hot news. All right. Today's hot, hot news, and it was kind of hot too. Um, this is, you know, it's hot, hot news. It's like- Martha's gonna share in with this hot news as well. Okay. Um, so yesterday and today, the hot news is currently uh, still kind of going on. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to tell you what it is, and I'm going to play a little clip here um, that talks about it. Um, so it was a Frank Clark um, football camp here held at Linwood High School, and this was yesterday. It was for kids. Um, yesterday was the ch children and uh, veterans, and today is uh, just the children, but but it was a collaboration with uh, Operation Confidence and the Frank Clark Family Foundation. And then I'm gonna just share this with you guys and then I'll, um, and then we'll uh, talk about it. So here we go. They have it so you can play the audio. California this weekend. All right. In coordination with the Frank Clark Family Foundation and Operation Confidence, Clark will host a camp for two days this weekend at Linwood High School. On Saturday, Can you turn the volume up? they'll host one camp session for disabled veterans and other individuals with disabilities. 
Started over on Sunday, June 26th, they'll hook. Chief. Chiefs Frank Clark hosting football. Okay, here we go. This mask was once my armor from being embarrassed of my teeth. Gotta go I knew I the, couldn't hide forever. The, That's the why I chose advertisement the Forum Dental Implant Center. Forum Dental Implant Center can transform seconds, your but, uh, teeth in just one day. We use the most advanced implants and techniques available to give you a natural, beautiful, permanent smile. I can't wait to ditch this mask and show the world my new smile. Come see the 4M difference with a free comprehensive consultation. Call 866-4M-DENTAL. Chiefs could look to sign these four USFL players in free. I don't know what that is. Hold on. I'll Chiefs see. could look to sign these four USFL. Never mind. The Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark is set to host a football camp in Linwood, California this weekend. In coordination with the Frank Clark Family Foundation and Operation Confidence, Clark will host a camp for two days this weekend at Linwood High School. On Saturday, June 25th, they'll host a camp session for disabled veterans and other individuals with disabilities. And on Sunday, uh, which is today, it's uh, hosted with uh, two camp sessions, one for children the ages 4 to 8 and another for children 9 to 12. Operation Confidence is a nonprofit organization that advocates for disabled veterans and has assisted 10,000 plus individuals with disabilities with wraparound services to better become protective members of society. Here is a uh, picture of, uh, you know, some of the campers. Uh, this was, uh, I don't know if this was actually this weekend, but uh, it looks like- It says the 25th, 26th. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so, and, um, and here's what the, the camp did. Because, uh, you know, in the future, you know, we'll know if, if, you, if your kids haven't done a camp, this is kind of what to expect. Throughout the camps, Frank Clark and our coaches will offer tips and hands-on instruction, including lectures, fundamental football skills, stations, contests, and non-contact game in a high-energy, fun, and positive environment with cleanliness and sanitation measures in place. The campers will be placed in small groups by age to ensure that each child gets maximum instruction featuring a 10 to 1 maximum camper to coach ratio. The camp will be staffed by some of the area's top high school and college coaches. At pro camps who ran the camps, they, uh, they pride themselves on ensuring that the camp is not, is not simply an athletic and athlete appearance. So, um, and basically what that's saying is the, uh, the people who host the camp, like Frank Clark, he was involved. And so the comprehensive camp experience is great for athletes of all skill levels, whether they are new to the game or have been playing for years. Individual and team awards will be given in each age group, and uh, we are committed to providing your child with the experience of a lifetime. Now, I'm going to stop mm -hmm. sharing this, and then I'm going to share the other with some of the, just a few pictures from yesterday. And uh, you know, just a few. We have a whole bunch more, but this is what we have for right now. And so let's go back here. Do this. Do that. Let me say, bam, share it. And oh, okay. So this is Frank Clark. You know, these guys are on, 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 when you watch the games, you know, these guys look big, but then when you look at them in person, it's like, it's all pads and stuff. You know, he looks like a simple skinny kind of guy, but he's, you know, they have uh, skills and uh, 
things like that. And he's tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, that's my niece. This is Connie and her niece. Look where I come up to his shoulder. Um, <laughs> Not yeah. even at the shoulder. Yeah, I didn't even get there yet. Couldn't even <laughs> And uh, and then uh, this is Frank. Uh, you know, he plays for the Chiefs, Super Bowl winning to uh, Frank. And uh, you know, there there's him and her. And then uh, I was like, "What y'all talking about?" You know. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh my goodness!" Now tell me what you was talking about again. Operate like, <laughs> for confidence is uh, tiny houses. He's like, okay. You know, he's got his hand in his shirt, so he get ready to wipe it. He's like, "Oh, she's over here. She over here. She's yeah. on." It's all good, you know. And of course, there's Martha and Frank. Mm -hmm. uh, that's his logo. logo. Oh, it's very nice. Hello, Charles. This was uh, that's right. This was before the uh, anybody got there. Kind of got out there, and it was like you know, not much happening. And, and here's some of the campers. And, uh, the, the and that's them out there too. Yeah, that's him. You know, that's him there, and uh, you know he's very involved. And they talked a little bit. We, you know, at this point, we um, talked about uh, Operation Confidence in the PVA just a little bit, and uh, you know, so they, you know, we gave our little uh, inspiring speeches. And look at Connie. You like my hat? He said, "Okay." You know. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing voiceover now, you know. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, we had a wonderful time. And he's so supportive of our program and a lot of help coming from, from uh, him and whoever. We'll keep you posted. Martha, you want to chime in? What happened to Martha? Yes, I'm right here. So I wanted to show you. I am actually here at the camp again today because my son mm -hmm. had so much fun yesterday that he begged me to come back today. So I was, I showed you guys a little clip. Frank just actually showed up. Um, and just the personality he showed, not just to us veterans, but also coming from a sports background. Um, hold on, let me try to flip this camera. It just was nice to see him uh, as personable as he was with both the veterans and the children. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes when you go to, I'm trying to turn my dug on camera around. I'm over here filming the parking lot. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, just a, a, a breath of fresh air to see, you know, these athletes giving back. And, you know, one of the stories he shared with me was that he was actually homeless on Skid Row living with his mm -hmm. mom when he was, between six and eight years old. And so to just hear the story and imagine, you know, the, the, the challenges and hurdles that this young man had to overcome. I mean, it can't get any more, um, you know, worse than that, right? To be homeless right out the gate at six, seven, eight years old with your mother living on Skid Row and to, to, yeah, to manifest, right? To, but to manifest, and create such a positive future out of such a dismal situation and make it to the NFL shows you exactly how much drive and, uh, you know, courage that this man has. And then again, to give back to the community. Um, mm -hmm. He's here again today. We just got here probably about 30 minutes ago. I didn't see him um, when we first pulled up, but he actually just pulled up. So I know I am just excited. You know, between 
Operation Confidence and, and Paralyzed Veterans of America. Also, I'd like to highlight as you know, one of the things that uh, Miss Connie does with just the, out of the goodness of her heart to, to help connect and collaborate um, and, and uplift veterans, irregardless of their you know, uh, affiliation. And so we had just a beautiful mix of you veterans, you know, and Charles and I both, you know, kind of wearing two hats. We're both on the board of, of um, Operation Confidence and then also Charles on the board of PVA. So it was just such a wonderful, um, you know, just a fruitful mix of people. We saw John mm -hmm. make it out. We had um, a couple of our new board members pull up, um, you know, and then again, even for me today to come, Excuse me for cutting Can you I, off. Why you can't turn this camera around? Why well, would I, I, I try. <laughs> Okay, there we go. There I oh, am. There we go. There's, get out there we go. Can't there. you walk on the field? Yeah, I can actually. Let me uh, just grab my keys real quick. Um, All we would see was the butter cars. Yeah, you know, you know uh, some you of those... Right. Some of those coaches were actually veterans as well. Yeah, yeah, right. there were two of them that were in very, very uh, and, uh, sharp individuals, right, Charles? Yes, and we actually uh, um, invited them to come on the show. It would be nice, you know. So, right. So we were. I, and I mean, Frank, not, not, Frank said he's not coming to, on too. Not, not to interject, but if you, if there, if, uh, since I do know a veteran coach that's been. Uh, coaching for 27 years, and he's responsible for four uh, uh, NFL Super Bowl uh, players, three NBA, and two MLBs, and, and and so forth, and influence with universities. How do I get that veteran in touch with this organization? Without yeah. raising confidence, you got it right here. Who are you? Who are you? Okay, you, you got it. There it is. It okay. Is. Okay, yes. we love to have him. On. That's your fiance. Yes. All right. USM. He's a USMC Marine. Uh, well, he has Paris to come Island. on the show. Yes, I would we love to come on yeah, the show. Bring him on. Yeah. yeah. We can yes. make it all. We can talk sports. Yes. That's right. Well, we have history is time, and yes. I just can't thank God enough for for the, the help and support that He's given us, and the fact that. Uh, the uh, the uh, veterans are all involved with what we're doing. PBA was right there, you know, and they're supporting us. So we got a lot going on here. Yeah. And uh, we want to keep you guys posted how things are developing, but the sky is the limit. And he was so touched because by I having the program Operation Conference for our disabled veterans, it's hard because he was almost at one time as well. So we got a lot going on. We need your artwork too. Hey, 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 um, they told them, you know, when I made my, I did a little talk, I said, you know, I used to be an athlete. I did, I played wheelchair basketball and football for many years and all of that. And uh, I said, but I'm retired into the booth now. And they, they still like, come on out here and throw some passes and do this. I said, and see, I have a different chair, so it's hard to throw a ball sitting in my everyday chair because you can't get your arms out, you can't really, uh, <laughs> can't get the full range. And I said, well, I went out a little bit, so we got some video stuff that. Old. And you had a ball, some balls. Did he sign your ball? Uh, I didn't get a ball. Did you get your red a football. <laughs> what was that? Did you, you get your red T-shirt? Yeah, that get my red T. You know, that was my. I was on the prowl for. They gave everybody white t-shirts 
the, with the logo and the number 55 on the back. And I said, I don't wear white t-shirts all day. I was like, uh, you know, I said, hey, man, I want a red t-shirt. All right, I got you, I got you, I got you. At the end of the day, I left with no red t-shirt. So, Mark, uh -huh. you've been assigned. I'm, 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 I'm deputizing you to go see if you can get that red t-shirt. <laughs> okay, while I'm here on location, there there you see in the middle of the, well, of the camera, and, if you guys can see Fred, uh, Frank in his red t-shirt. Yes. And and of course, you know, we can't really see him that well, but you know, it's a far away, but but um they they offered they had one red t-shirt left and it was a triple X and I said, that's okay. He said, Well you can oh, use, it, use it as a blanket. And I said, Yeah, that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so where's your son, Martha? Out there in the He's field. He's out there in the field. I think he is over with the older kids. <clears throat> uh over there but yeah we got some really good video i know that there's the ca that cameraman right there too is also going to send some of the action shots that he had mm -hmm. um from yesterday's camp but just uh you know and you guys see there's way more kids today so that was awesome tell uh, us a little bit about uh your son and how old is he sure so my son's a 15 year old um just finished his freshman year of high school he's a three-sport athlete and so football is one of his his first loves along with baseball. So it was really, really nice to see the hands-on approach that they had with the kids. And yesterday, of course, it was a smaller group. So the coach is really motivating them, encouraging mm -hmm. them, um, congratulating them for doing so well out on the field. And, you know, when we think about the circle that we need to uh, help the next generation of children, it's, it's events like this, it's coaches like this, it's, you know, yes. collaborations like these that really help um, reinforce the message, right? Says so mom can say, get your grades up, do good in school. But when a coach and, and, and another coach and three or four coaches are all saying the same thing, then, you know, for my son in particular, the message kind of hits home because it's not just mom saying, hey, you need to pay attention to your grades. But I will kind of share Frank's story with my son after uh, the festivities are over today, just so he knows, you know, the struggles and challenges that uh, this wonderful individual had to go through to overcome and actually still make it right through high school to college and to the. So I am excited. This is a wonderful first collaboration for me coming on board PVA. Thanks to Connie and Charles and looking forward to continuing, um, you know, more and more events like this. And I think I could speak for the group that was here yesterday as well. Just a, just an awesome time to come out. They honored us and recognized us throughout event and so that felt good I know for me um you know I, and I've been to these kind of events before so this was a new kind of effort to include uh, the veterans and it just was just wonderful so thank you Connie and thank you Charles for uh such a great event yesterday yeah we got a lot to do tell them uh Consuelo sends your love okay I, I will I will and, and if you see a little wife out there tell her I said it well, she's about to have a baby any day yeah, they came today with one of the little girls. So. Oh, they did. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's his fourth coming, fourth child. So, so she said so. she's ready to pop. <laughs> tell, tell Frank, Wayla sends her love, and tell him to send me my red shirt. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martha. Thanks a lot. Have All a good right. one, girl. Okay, okay. Welcome, guys. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, Charles is, is winding down now. What am I doing now? Well, you already talked about the game yesterday. Other than that he gave out, what was the some of the souvenirs that they gave out? I didn't see any souvenirs. I think they may be, you know. If they, they gave those little wristbands. Oh, okay. 
those uh, little like you know plastic uh pro camp wristbands and then i think some kids got lanyards yeah pro camp lanyards and then they got t-shirts well all of them registered so i'm quite sure they'll be sending them something because that was on the press release yeah yeah they, mm -hmm. they, they got you know of course they gave us uh lunch and toward the end there was a I don't know if the guy was just pushing down the street, uh, one of those uh, ice cream, uh, what do you call it, uh, Martha? Not uh, ice cream, but uh, the oh, the bells on it? The elote man. The elote man. He's uh, the guy that comes with the corn and the freezies and the, the yeah. Mexican snacks and the cart. That's yeah. what we call it. <laughs> what do you call it? The elote man. He's, elote is Spanish for corn. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, he has the best a, corn, a too. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you well okay let's do your funny clip and let's wind it down we want to thank our right. guests for coming on and phyllis we can't wait to <laughs> see what you're going what's going to be you make sure you're going to take some pictures yes and, absolutely uh, and make sure you let pauline know how much we love her we want her back on the show very very soon mm -hmm. you're muted Anne. <clears throat> They're almost still muted. There you go. Okay. Uh, she's precious. One of the reasons I really enjoy Pauline is so many of the women were very, very uh, unable to brag about themselves. So you heard her say how proud she was of her brother, mm -hmm. but she never said she was proud of her own work. Right, right. So I love that accent. Now, isn't she something? Yeah. And what, what's yeah. amazing is though she uh, she remembered everything from yes. 19 so and so up until now. She started you know? in 1945 in April. Wow. Um, it was over in August, and she, she even knew her first check. You oh, know, yeah, for sure. Can you imagine that? Uh, what, what? A lot of the women <laughs> remember their first check and exactly what they did with it. Yeah, exactly what she did with it. You know. Oh, my <laughs> Second check, you went splurging, right? Uh, yeah. One, one woman went to a, a pawn shop and bought a fur coat, and wow. then she was mad because it wasn't real fur. <laughs> oh. <laughs> making that kind of a money. That's cute. Well, make sure you uh, bring her back on, and we want to have her on with the guitar and a whole bit. Let Charles come in with his <laughs> with his music too, and back her up, Charles. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> she'll put me to shame. So, <laughs> no, they won't. Okay, come on, do your clip and let's wind it down. I want to thank everybody and then Phyllis. Don't forget, we're waiting on you, girlfriend, to come back with some good old stuff to share with thank us. Thank you. Right. Okay. The clip is about a cat that is not having it. Okay. So. No, first that's the only one now. One of the yeah, only one. It's the only one. So don't. I'm just saying, I said today's show. Okay. What's up, Rudy? Huh? What's up, Rudy? What you gonna do? Somewhere, Cordell. Make me, Rudy. Damn, Rudy. That's how you really feel. He's crazy. Charles come up with some of the craziest things. That's too funny. What's that? Animal humor, you know, you got yeah, to laugh with. Okay, so you got this has been recorded in the cloud and then you yeah. send it over to me. It'll go to you because it's on your account. 
Okay. All right. Great. You just sent it to us. Well, it has to go through through uh, Zoom first, and then yeah, it follow. Right. And, and then I'll send it to you, right? Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's wind it down. Thank you all. It was great. Taylor, Thank my you. baby girl, you got to bring us up to date on your car. Yeah, that's right, Miss. Uh, you know, ready to hit the clubs. She's in no, the you, club. No, you. I got something better in the club. Like I've I know, but now she's gonna be like hitting I've the club hit. in the driving club. Club. She's gonna be clubbing it from the club. You know. Tell her uh, to the club, club. To the club. To the club. To the club. Tell, of that club. What, tell him what kind of car you want. I want a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 go from from. Uh, uh, no drive into. I want to test. Yeah, it's a big baller. You know? <laughs> yeah, she's a baller. But I told her she had to wait for a minute because the way society is now, they be she be chasing down the street in her Tesla. Uh -huh. Everybody ain't able to have satellite and cable. Must yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. Take it off. Thank you. All right. all. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. We gonna close this out. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys. Uh, yeah, of course we got to give the boom and then oh yeah that's that's your logo am i sharing no you see my share no no okay well let's do this pull it up and then i'll go back to share okay for more information or to be a guest on our show email Info at operationconfidence.org. Bye bye. Ready. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.